Welcome to Cast of Creators. We're your hosts. I'm Nelson Thal. And I'm Casey Stewart. We've spent our careers in media and publishing, and now we're setting the stage for creative people who inspire us to share their stories. Cast of Creators is presented by our new social browser called Hover. Hover makes browsing fun. You can follow people and your favorite sites to discover and discuss the content all in one place. Download Hover, that's HBR, in the App Store or the Play Store. Today, we have Drake Andrews and his partner, Kyle, who are both masters of growing a following on TikTok. Together, they've earned millions of views and gained nearly 300,000 followers through the content they create. We talked about the secret sauce to TikTok, creating content, and how their agency, Cozen Creative, helps brands build their audience. If you're looking to grow on TikTok, this episode is for you. Let's go. Drake, Kyle, yes. fantastic to have you here. Welcome to Cast of Creators. Yeah, Thanks glad to meet us. you, IRL, because I've been creeping your profiles, <laughs> checking out your content. Yeah, it's good. Love it. You guys are really intentional with your content, and you have grown your follower base over an incredibly short period of time mm-hmm. by hundreds of thousands of plus mm-hmm. followers. Yeah. How the heck are you doing that? <laughs> Break it down. Break it down. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can start with that one. Yeah. So awesome. I worked at Shopify for a long time. Oh, and cool. During that time through the pandemic, I started making plus size fashion videos because I love fashion and mm. there's not a lot of representation. Um, so I decided to make some videos and heard all the hype around TikTok and how you can gain a following really fast. So I decided to learn about it and in like six months, got 100K on TikTok and then decided to quit my job and start a TikTok agency. And Kyle has a pretty similar journey with that as well. Wow. Wow. Really cool. Same for me. I would say I'm more of an accidental creator. Uh, <laughs> my background before social media was not social media at all. Um, I did retail management. I did HR. I have a history way back doing like makeup for TV. Um, wow. So like creation was never on my mind um i'm now in toronto for a year now so i'm from alberta originally and it was just had a very small following and it's yeah it's been recent with drake too so we've had a lot of luck in this past little while with really no like i was less intentional about it and it's accidentally here and i'm thrilled about it yeah Um, but yeah it was not the not the career plan that we had yeah because your instagram grew to like thirty thousand followers in like three months yeah damn that's pretty correct (laughs) I went from like no one seeing what I do to like too many people seeing what I do. Yeah. So now it's now it's a job. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've had my Instagram account like before it came out. And I I mean, since it came out, and I don't have that many followers. <laughs> it's amazing. So do you attribute that to hyper niche content? What do you attribute that to? I think there's a little bit. And I think we both have similar like thoughts and opinions around it where it's it's hyper niche, but it solves a problem. There's a point of yeah. view to it. Mm-hmm. I think there's times where, you know, you can have really niche content or you can have niche thoughts or really specific things that cater to a strong community, which are amazing. And you find some really cool people that way. But I think we also solved a problem. Mm-hmm. There's not people who really look like us or dress like us necessarily having those platforms or that even visibility. Um, so it's kind of cool that we have a niche audience, but we also solve something for people and they like enjoy watching it. And it's a little bit of a, I guess, like, a glimmer of what they want to see for themselves and it's a little Mm. bit more exciting for it so it's niche but it's also i think purposeful maybe a little bit like aspirational because like i love the outfits you guys post i like (laughs) they're not even like a 
you know, I was like, I sent a couple to my boyfriend. I was like, here's like a good style for you. You yeah, know, like that's a you guys, comment. Yeah, you get that a lot. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah like this is a cute look. Yeah. Like he's not the boy boyfriends out there just getting. <laughs> yeah, they're like they've learned All about you guys is. through the ladies. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. so your love of fashion came from where you always been dressing, sort of. Yeah, stylish. I mean, ever since I can remember, I was obsessed with like shoes. Um, and clothes, I just never had it available to me. So like right. shoes was always good because I'm size 12. There's always a size 12. Whereas like yeah, the shoes tops, the pants <laughs> have always been an issue right. ever since I was very little from like fitting into school uniforms to football jerseys, to rugby jerseys, to literally everything. And it's still a problem today. Like I get gifted a lot of stuff. And yesterday I got gifted something from target on this collab or whatever it actually fit and i was just like whoa because it's never fits and then i just give it to kyle or give it to a friend yeah um so it's just like a huge issue where brands go up to 2xl and that kind of stops there so yeah uh i do my job of hunting down the, the garments and showing love and educating people on how to kind of up their their, up garments. their style yeah. yeah totally so are both your content veins are similar in that regard um i'd say so it's very like like you're solving the same problem, hmm. would you say, in the... in the? I think it's you, the same umbrella, ice. but what we do under that umbrella is different. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's hear how they're different. Yeah, so I mean, Kyle's content uh, is more like lifestyle, I'd say, mm -hmm. where he's talking more about like skincare and makeup and uh, lifestyle and stuff like that. And then mine is very fashion forward and we have different... Also some fitness. And mm -hmm. fitness, yeah, my fitness journey. Um so it just like kind of changes, but it's very similar. There's a lot of overlap for sure. Yeah. And I think where it kind of changes too is, you know, I'm still in that realm of I can go to some stores, not all stores, but some, and they have sizes available for me. It's not usually a good fit or right. it's not something that like looks great. It's kind of the weird, like, you know, put a weird seam somewhere. It's a weird color. Or there's a weird design. Like it's not always as easy, but I'm also someone who didn't grow up as a larger size. So okay. I think where mine kind of taps into is people see there's like a change. There's pandemic. I'm also almost 30. Like <laughs> your body changes and that's totally okay. And I've been, I think, really okay with that the whole time. Mm -hmm. And that's something that a lot of people have like really latched on to where it's like, oh, I don't have to now feel sad. Yeah. And I think that's where it's a little different in terms of I come from a place of, you know, it wasn't always like this. And now I'm kind of refinding myself. Whereas I think a lot of what Drake does is awesome in it's finding ones for, you know, that less accessible person. So someone who can't go into those stores, it's really that like, he's the representation, which is amazing. And I think I sit more on the, you know, different body size and like um, a little bit more on the, I guess, like positivity side mm -hmm. and less on the like true fashion side. And Kyle's wardrobe is like 90% my clothes <laughs> <laughs> and all of his shoes. I have like 50 pairs of shoes and yeah. he has two. And you guys are the same size. And we're the same size. So yeah. Yeah. all those clothes and those videos are... Because we're outing me in that. I, yeah. I, I moved, So I moved here a year ago, like I said. I moved here with like one suitcase, mm -hmm. a pair oh, of shoes. just a year ago. Yeah, just a year. Welcome. So been, thank you so Welcome. much. Still adjusting, to be honest. But uh, yeah, I had like a suitcase. And like a carry on and then like a little backpack with some like skincare. And that's what I like came here with. So um, I just sold all my stuff in Alberta and moved here and started fresh. I didn't have like a that's terrible story. That's interesting. A selling move. Yeah. <laughs> Never thought of a selling move. I You're love like, selling moves. Like I know it's I not. I bet it's very cleansing. And like, and like yeah. um, I have a friend and, you know, she did that. She just, she even had a house and she just sold her house and wow. sold everything. And she put all her stuff in, in her car. 
And she's like, I'm going to go down to the south, down south. But she had yeah. like stuff wow. in her car. When she got to the border, they were like, where are you going? And when are yeah. you coming back? And she's like, I don't know. They're like, you can't just come here like that. Yeah. So she, that plan flopped. But. Wow. Yeah. It flopped really quickly. Yeah, that was a selling move and flop. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> buy okay. back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah buy like, back. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. So. This is an easy. I love a sell and move. I think that's like, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's like my go to staple. It makes moving really easy. It detaches you from like some the physical place. items that you can really hold on to, too. And like, I know people who have lived in the same place for, you know, their whole life and they're like, oh, this coaster I can't get rid of. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's not. No, I know. For me, which is great. You're like, these are my grade two school projects. Yeah. No, ma'am. <laughs> Stuff becomes like coasters. And I know exactly how you're feeling because yeah. I'm moving right now. And I like a, a, a cleanse like yeah. of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you start to realize how connected your stuff is to your headspace and like decluttering your space. Not that I've lived in, well, I have a 10 month old daughter. So my space is like definitely gotten more cluttered than I'm used to especially when we were in our condo. But um, you can just feel your brain like s- relaxing and breathing when, when you-, you get rid of stuff. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love a purge I like too. to get, I like, I buy stuff just to get rid of it. I, like, yeah. <laughs> I get rid of Drake's stuff all the time. Yeah. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't even know. I ran out of stuff, so I have to move on to his stuff. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Well, so I guess if you moved now, it would be pretty easy for you not to take anything because it's all his. Yeah. Yeah, he had no problem selling all my stuff. (laughs) Love it. And did you grow up in Toronto? Mm, Kind of. I was, I grew up in Newcastle, Ontario, in the Durham region. Durham. It's like near Oshawa, Bowmanville kind of vibe. Uh, Yeah. But I was born in Ottawa. And then my senior year, I moved back to Ottawa and spent 10 years there. And then I moved back to Toronto like five years ago. Cool. Yeah. When I went to Ottawa, um, as I've only been there once. You only really? need to go once. <laughs> well, that's, that's how I felt going. Yeah. I felt like that. For the most part. But yeah. I, you know what? They, schools really screw you with places. Like we went to Ottawa in high school, I guess. Mm. And they end up putting us up at Carlton Thorne, like the university. It's like a prison. Okay. It's also so far from anything in Ottawa. It was, I'd never, I mean, I didn't sleep. It was like one of the first nights that I remember just like looking at the bed, looking at the mattress, the vibe of the room. It was like, like prison vibes. I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to sleep. You know, it's the one night. You only have mm-hmm. to deal with the one night. But so my experience in Ottawa, it, good. it wasn't good. I'd go back just to see if I can, you know, Make erase that memory. Yeah. Um, but my experience in Washington was a bit similar. Those those sort of political hubs are yeah got their weird eccentricities, especially on the weekends. The place turns into a ghost town. Yeah, something I've had some great times in Ottawa. I've been in. Okay, so you can find a great time in any town. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dive anywhere. Yeah, you can wiggle into a great dime in any town. That's true. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, it was like a couple of fashion shows. And like anytime I've gone, though, it's been on like um, a media type trip. So they're right. not throwing me in a jail. They're throwing me yeah, in somewhere that's yeah, like yeah, really yeah. cute or a new hotel and like the best restaurants. And I like did a fashion show there for mm-hmm. a Ottawa Fashion Week. Once. Cool. Ooh, look out. Nice. But yeah. like, that's the way to do Ottawa. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Like it, that's yeah. Yeah, I've had some good times there. I just grew out of Ottawa really quick. Yeah, like I got it. Yeah. Yeah. So the community that you've built across Instagram, TikTok, and any other core platforms? Um, Kind of like YouTube Shorts a bit. Oh, nice. Yeah. 
you must have to be pretty active with this community all the time. Yeah. Uh, well, that's we, why he left his job. Yeah. Well, we also do this for like a handful of brands. So we post right. like every day for a lot of different brands or a couple times a week and stuff like that. So, and, and this is your company, Cozen. Yeah. Cozen Creative. So talk to us about Cozen Creative. When I saw success with TikTok and I was still at Shopify, I knew a lot of entrepreneurs and they all pretty much asked me, like, how do you grow on TikTok? How did you do that? Like, we need to do this for our brand. And I just saw a huge gap in the market of the bridge from Instagram to TikTok. Yeah. And with my experience and my connections to so many entrepreneurs, I wanted to fill that gap uh, and make videos for people so they don't have to or coach them and hold their hand so that they can really execute the platform. And then that's pretty much how the, the agency was born. So how do you, though, um, like you have a special sauce and sort of niche content and appealing to a a subset of culture that mm -hmm. identifies with you in a very, um, uh, you know, emotional way. Yeah. So are, obviously that's something that, you know, OK, that works if I can if I can figure out how to cross this chasm be, and, and actually matter to the audience. Right. So how do you, though, create that when it's not so clear how to create that? Or maybe if it's like for, a, you know, you're taking on a client and it's like it's a different kind of audience. Mm -hmm. Right. How do you. Yeah, I think it, get that soft, get that special sauce working for a client that's not your brand. It's the condiment. Yeah. <laughs> serious mayo. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, everything is tailored towards the client and the problem they're solving. And we really just try to map out um, their marketing plan, their like goals and everything like that. And I think it's oftentimes setting expectations that it's not just a bunch of ads like brands go to TikTok and make an ad like they do a Facebook ad. But that's not what resonates. So that's the bottom of the funnel where like you need to st like start at the top and just educate people, inspire people um, and entertain people at the end of the day and then bring them in closer to the brand and then sell them on something. Whereas people often just try to sell, sell, sell. And that never works. People are trained to scroll past that. Yeah. So we really reverse engineer. How do we get there? And we take three steps back. And that's generally when we start with brands. Um, and we just talk to the founders. We often are in those videos. We work with the team. Uh, or highlight the product or do different styles of storytelling. Mm -hmm. But it's all the same. You want somebody to relate to you and the problem you're solving. Um, and also the beauty of these brands, especially when they're a small business, is you get to be the face of your brand and beat your competition out um, because often these big corporations are never going to be the face, right? You're never right. going to know who the owner is. And then you're going to build a relationship with the founder or with the person in the warehouse or with the chef or whoever um, is on camera. And you guys have, I was uh, on your website and uh, I'm familiar with Glassbox Barbershop. Yep. My boyfriend goes, gets his beard trimmed there sometime. You guys have had some great success with them and their content. Yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah. Glassbox has been amazing for sure. Um, that's a tough one because there's so many faces right. uh, and so many barbers, but yeah. we've, we've tweaked it down to kind of highlight a handful of people that like being on camera uh, and that are open to trying different things. But selling a haircut is difficult. Um, but yeah, Glassbox has been incredible and been with us for, I think, over six months now. Yeah, so. like I was looking at, um, you know, some of the videos on your website. Like, what are some of the ones, the videos that you've worked on or that you've produced for clients that have had the largest reach? Because I saw there's a couple of in the millions up there. There's some big ones. I think even going to some of our client ones, like the most rewarding often are the ones that do well, which I love to see. 
it's a tough promise to be like, hey, we love this video and it's going to do well. But we do try and find that like problem it's solving and really cater towards someone who really cares about it. So we took something that's more of a service that you can really walk into, you know, a couple places and get a similar experience, but highlighting why it's different. So it was inclusive or it's caters towards these sort of people or someone who looks like you walked in and had an amazing time. So we try and find someone who's a little unique, someone who has a point of view and a perspective and potentially like a client as well, who's on, you know, not someone you see in the media all the time. And having those people have a good time on camera is a fun to film. It does really well. And it's just exciting to kind of see, you know, someone who you know is going to resonate with someone that might not see themselves in media. And I think that's the best part of what we do is, you know, picking those people and picking those themes and those concepts and putting them into play on TikTok and uh, on other social media too. And seeing those people thrive and get views is so exciting because that's when you see people who maybe don't normally comment or, you know, Mm -hmm. don't feel comfortable in a certain space or in a certain store you know, wouldn't have related to this product previously, but suddenly they're like, oh, that person who's like me in, you know, X way or whatever way they see themselves really enjoyed the product. I want to go try it out. It's more fun than just seeing the product as a product and the consumer as a broad spectrum. If you can really narrow down like who's going to love it and who's going to really enjoy doing it, that's when you kind of make some really fun content and that's when it resonates with people and that's when those views, you know, have a little bit more success and you get those millions of people which i think is always exciting yeah awesome yeah Yeah. and with that too it's like again the product is the haircut and a lot of barbers on tiktok or instagram only film the haircut or their client in chair so again it's zooming out what who's the barber who's cutting your hair like as a person looking for a new barber i want to see who the person cutting my hair is not necessarily just the haircut and product which like obviously matters but I want to see the vibe. Am I going to, it's sitting there for an hour with someone, right? So like, you know, do I relate to that person? Yeah. What's like the shop vibe? And those are the things that we try to highlight. Um, but we've worked with a number of brands through our own channels as well that have uh, had like millions of views. And sometimes they they boost those videos as well. But uh, it's really exciting when when videos hit for sure. I think sometimes about the Uber comfort where you can select if you want somebody to talk to you or not. <laughs> sometimes yeah. I think about that <laughs> when I think about a barber. Yeah. People, people wanting to select a certain type of person talking with them. Yeah. I feel that about any service. Yeah. Like, I, I think there's I not a single store in the city that I wouldn't have that opinion on. Where it's like, oh, I would love to walk in here today and no one talk to me. Yeah. Don't I'm always headphones, air- AirPods. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's your that's your go-to. You know what is my least favorite? Oh my god! You when you're walking down the street and you have the with the clipboard and you know oh, yeah. they're going to be like, "How are you? Love your outfit today?" And you're yeah. like, "I'm always like, yeah, mom. I'll yeah, mom. I'll be right there." And I'm just not talking to anyone. Yeah. I just talk loudly. Just cross the street. <laughs> I'm like a crazy lady, but it's okay. I don't want a dog. That's fair. Yeah, I I do a lot of I. No, 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 no. I, I do a bit of sort of um, involved to avoid or I, 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 I go up, I say, oh, you know, I see you're offering me something. No, thank you. <laughs> I've done that a bunch of times. That's sort of come point. over the top with them. It's like, sir, this is for women. Like I wasn't going to approach this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, so yeah. good. So, um. What are some brands other than the barbershop that you've uh, worked with? Or uh, different types either, like, of on clients? Your, or t- types of content, like yeah. on your own channels, or, I mean, or with Clothes and Creative. It'd be cool to learn. Yeah, so we've worked with a handful of brands. It's just 
that question always throws me off. I always try to like yeah. panic to think about it, but um, like BuzzFeed, Amazon, uh, cool. Savage, Fenty. Oh my God, um, wow. Like a bunch of cool brands like that. Mm-hmm. Anyone else come to mind? Um, Sportchak. Cool. What else is good? Those are all great. Those are yeah, all great. Stock cool. It's hard to remember. Yeah. Um, if people ask me and I'm like, yeah, I've been doing this for like a decade, and then I'm like, I draw a blank. Yeah, I was like, what a blessed problem to have. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. I it seems like it, it's it's really any brand. Yeah, in a sense, like you can tackle any brand. Yeah, and so. with our agency, like we work with barbershops, real estate agents, yeah. pet food companies, baked goods. Like we can help anyone that wants to reach an audience, even if you're not trying to sell something. Like like musicians, for example, yeah. you want to like gain a following, get people interested in who you are and your music. Um, so pretty much anyone can benefit from having an audience. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where we help. I got something. So uh, we have a cast of creators, TikTok account. Mm-hmm. So I've got the name. We have a lot of videos cause we've, um, created content for Instagram reels. I've been putting some mm-hmm. of them on, um, YouTube shorts. Any tips for someone who's about to launch their TikTok channel? What are maybe a couple key things I should do, shouldn't do? You know, um, help me out here, guys. Yeah, I'll start with like simple logistics that seem simple. And then we can talk a little bit more like strategy. Write those down. Um, I think the big thing, too, is from other platforms, you get a more open screen. TikTok has icons going on. There's labels yeah. going on. There's text going on. There's captions. You can now see comments. So when you're posting a TikTok, there's a little preview icon in the top. Take a look at that just so you're not putting important information under the caption. I see so many high-end brands or high-quality products. Sounds like me. I know, Nelson. (laughs) (laughs) Mentioned that to me about Instagram Reels last week, okay? Well, you see these high-end brands who I know, you know, so many people looked at their stuff, but then like the important information is hidden behind now an icon in the comments or like the actual word is hidden behind like the the heart button. And I'm like, I'm not reading this. Yeah, like scroll. Yeah, scroll right away. Immediate throw. Um, The other things I think you have to be really engaging on that platform more than other ones. Just like I think Tinder is a great example. Like you can just do this for Mm -hmm. hours and not idea what you looked at. And it's the same with TikTok. People are just scrolling mindlessly. Even if you think you're doing it intently, it really can just fly by. So having an hour flies by. Yeah. Oh, days. (laughs) (laughs) Um, having something that's really important in the first couple seconds, right. whether it's who you are, a funny line, something that's unique to you that when someone walks or scrolls past, they're like, oh, I know what that is. And right. they watch it. It's like I, that three second get their attention. Yeah. Yes. The hook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's also like you don't want somebody to have to listen to it a complete sentence before they actually understand who the person is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. The rule like, is like in the first three seconds, they need to know exactly what this video is about and why they care about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really be excited to watch the whole thing. Yeah. 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 More than social media, TikTok is an entertainment platform. So if you're not entertaining, it's not for TikTok. And I think that's an approach that's really important when you're going on there. It's not to, you know, have this big speech that leads to a punchline or something. You really want to start with the important stuff and then the rest can come along with Mm -hmm. it. But it really is entertainment first. And that's how we not only approach our content that we make, but it's really important that when you're putting out content, and you want viewers, that's really the like approach. It's like, this is an entertainment platform. Get to the joke first or get to the important yeah. stuff like first and then go into more detail after, but really start with that like punch. Yeah. And I mean, if you're going to kick off a new TikTok channel, look at your competition, look at other podcasts, mm-hmm. scroll th- through uh, a bunch of their videos, 
what grabbed your attention right away? Was it the hook? Was it the way they started the the filming? If they like jumped in, um, what do their captions look like? How long are the videos? Are they adding sound? What right. do the captions look like? Uh, but right now, um, best practices would be use all the characters in the caption and tell a story again. You can even recap the video because that's all SEO. So that's going to help rank when people are searching in TikTok and people are searching more in TikTok than they are on Google. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you just type in podcast uh, in the search bar, you'll see what happens after that. So right. podcast for creators, you're like, okay, perfect. That's me. Or if you type in uh, creator podcast, you'll see the words after that. And then you want to make videos that are going to um, help with those results. Oh, and so you can tip. show up mm-hmm. for things that are trending and things that uh, people are searching for. That's a really good tip. Yeah. But I mean, there's a ton of other things like uh, you want your hook to be at the top of the screen. So leave room above your head. Your caption should be like two to three words, not big sentences. Right. So it's boom, 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 boom. Uh, generally, it's really quick cuts. You want to leverage trending sounds, mm-hmm. which basically just means um, if you click on a sound and you look at the top videos, they're all posted in the last five days. Yeah, okay. Um, if it's like the top videos are all from 2020, that's kind of like an outdated trend. Um, so using trending sounds, making sure you're catching the attention. Um, and there's like a bunch of other things. Yeah, this is a- like already good. Well, yeah. one of the wonderful things about TikTok is it's, very much sort of authenticity first in some respect. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like if it's too fake and too contrived, yeah. it's not really um, Yeah, like that doesn't places. really fly there. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, which had, is great. It takes yeah. a lot of pressure off yeah, in some it's respect. Not like You're the, not bringing in Spielberg. No, it's also not like the, um, you know, I've been a creator for a long time. So I saw mm. even like before pandemic, there was a lot more of like that super polished yeah. content where it's like everything is perfect. Yeah. And I feel That's like Instagram. with with but even like pandemic and post pandemic everyone was at their house for so damn long like you can't keep that per- perfection up and nobody wants to see yeah. that anyways because it's not realistic yeah and i feel like the rise of tiktok has really kind of taken off that filter of everything being per- perfect do you want to just be like this is the real me yeah here yeah. i am yeah you want to be relatable at the end of the day right you don't want to be like "Ooh, i inspired to be that it's like oh i relate to that that's mm-hmm. how you want the viewer to feel um so there's a bunch of things like that. And I mean, that's what we do in our one-on-one coaching. I think it's easier for us to look at your channel and give you feedback on what your bio look like, what kind of photo are you using? Um, there's also tools like Google extensions called sort for TikTok. Oh. So after you post like a hundred videos, for example, you can just click that Google extension. It'll sort from your most popular to your least popular. So then you're going to identify patterns in your top 10 videos and also identify patterns in your bottom 10 videos Mm -hmm. so stop doing the stuff that's at the bottom and do way more (laughs) or even retry or repeat the top 10 videos uh and that's a really good place to start you can also do that for any other channel okay so if you look at any podcast channel on tiktok sort for tiktok what are their top 10 uh videos redo them yeah that's always the best place to start um when going on tiktok and it's just about consistency so be like i need to post once a week twice a week three times every day whatever the cadence is um, but as long as you're like keeping up, you're going to learn. Yeah. That was one of my things, um, to ask, like, you know, how much, how often do you guys post on TikTok and how often should someone, I guess it really depends on like what kind of brand and who you are, but if it's. Yeah, I think there's so much, there's so much variation in yeah. that. And it really is, you know, dependent on your goal for me, I post almost daily. Okay. Part of that is a personal journey of just like, if I don't do it, I'm not going to. So I need to really like push myself to have a little bit of, you know, motivation to do what I'm doing. Otherwise I do trickle off a little bit. Um, I think as long as you're making presence and FaceTime 
like once a week is like the minimum. Mm-hmm. I think once you slip below that, it just becomes too infrequent. And TikTok is a really fun platform where you don't necessarily have to follow people to see what they're up to. On Instagram, you really only see who you're following and a couple odd people. And not sometimes not even them. A hundred percent. You see nothing. And then TikTok gives you potentially the same person over and over. So if you're one piece of content hits a certain audience or a certain viewer, chances are a couple things of yours surface to that person as well. So it is nice to have a little bit of consistency to show them kind of, you know, here's my, here's Mm -hmm. what I do in a little snapshot. So consistency is important. I think once a week is like minimum. I do post daily, if not, you know, twice a day, but that's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. I think it's just take a check on your mental health. Like sometimes you're going to like two days forever it's like that's not realistic you're gonna have days that you're off so be kind to yourself through that journey like i've definitely gone through four videos a day to daily to three to two to like once a week to two weeks of not posting like especially with everything else that we have going on like we're managing like a hundred accounts <laughs> and make like a thousand videos a month so it's a little crazy oh my god uh but then we also have a couple's account we have a business account and we have our personal accounts and then all of our client accounts so it's just like it's like multiple personalities everywhere. Yeah. So, I mean, do what makes you happy. If you're really enjoying it, um, then go as hard as you can and then take a break when you need to. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really important thing. Um, you know, social media is a big part of everyone's life, especially, you know, we live there. Um, the mental health angle is definitely. Mm-hmm. Do you guys ever take like uh, breaks? You know, just like I need a break. Yeah. I think I've sometimes a weekend like I often take like a weekend break and I won't post anything from Friday till Monday and then I'm like (laughs) yeah (laughs) I like to think of it as phases yeah like right now I'm kind of on like a pivot phase of like trying to figure out where my channel is going to go and the content I want to make but there's been phases where I went really hard for six months and then there's been phases where I didn't go hard for six months because we were building a business and it wasn't as a priority um so it just like depends really yeah I know we kind of like, I don't know, buried the lead on that one a little bit, but we also have a couples channel. So we do date, yeah, um, which is a different level of, you know, working together and content creation. So I think <laughs> a big part of it, too, is even that like the daily break. So even if you're posting consistent daily, there has to be some point where it's like, hey, stop, like put the phone down. And I think we do that at our own pace. and We do that at our own time for sure. And there's not like a set way to, you know, take a break correctly. Yeah. But I think for like for me, it's definitely like, OK, if it's personal time, I'm like my phone is off. I'm not working. Like, don't talk to people about work. Don't think about work. Yeah. If an email comes through, like throw my phone. Like, it's just, yeah, it's just off. It's like, I guess you guys live together, work together, are a couple and yeah. have a couple account and have individual accounts. So what are some things you do when you're not on your phone? Like, you know. What say? does what? <laughs> not on your phone? What, what do you mean? mean? You're watching Netflix. You're still scrolling. <laughs> I mean, we definitely have time where we're like no phones. Yeah. We have like boundaries around it. Um, Kyle loves walking. I like working out. So like th- those are times that I try to like work out with no phone. For example, for yeah. two hours, I love a sauna. I love a nice bath. So like those <laughs> are times where I'm like forced to not have a phone and. Um, or if we're like at an event or with friends, yeah, we're really good at not even looking at our phone at all. Maybe like snap a photo if it's like a good vibe, but, um, it's really easy to catch yourself like, oh, I'm looking for sounds for this week. And then you're doom scrolling for four hours. So you just kind of have to check yourself. <laughs> um, you're like, I'm going to go to bed early. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, it's letting out. Yeah. Shit. Exactly. But just find those spaces where you don't need a phone. And if, you know. I have a day in my calendar where I'm like, I'm not doing anything on my phone. 
it's just laptop work and that's it. And then yeah. the phone's kind of in a different room for the whole day. And then airplane mode when you can, like on weekends, I try to airplane mode it. Oh, that's, uh, wow. Stuff like that. Yeah. Airplane mode it. So with that many clients, do you have anybody working under, like with you, under you? Yeah. We just hired our second employee, which is super exciting. They started this week. Fantastic. Um, yeah. So we have a content creator and then a coordinator as well. Yeah. It sounds like you guys are, you know, got with that many clients and what you've done, the growth that you've had, there's like some big things coming down the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But how are you managing that many clients with just three people or four people? Um, well, they're all at different stuff capacities and they're stuff all to post different. right now. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are like, yeah. you guys are sending us these clips, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it just, it depends. Cause like some clients is twice a week, for example. So you can handle like a lot of those clients. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's not a thousand videos a day with a that many clients. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah it's spread out. Impossible. That was also like not, not true. Actual? Yeah. <laughs> it's like pretty close. Yeah. Like, yeah it's but, up there, but yeah, but that's great. What scheduling platforms are you using? If any, none. We we're right. we we're just tested out later, um, but Case. we love it. Yeah, I use Messes later. With later. Mm-hmm. But I find the thing with um, TikTok scheduling and later, it still sends a notification to your phone, so you still have to manually post. And I'm a little bit yeah. even when it comes to posting like a reel for Instagram, for example, because I spend more time posting our mm-hmm. content there. It's like I can't schedule it in later to do all the things like changing the audio name, changing. I can put the location. I can't do all the little. My minute details that yeah. I find are really take your content from just yeah. slapping a video up there to yeah. take it to that personal touch. Yeah, you sacrifice some things with those mm-hmm. scheduling platforms. So we don't do that, at least right now. Yeah, it's a tough one to manage. Like it's not an easy, it's not an easy feed and it's in, it's in our calendar. Our calendars really are like, that's our scheduling yeah. tool. Mm-hmm. And so like in the morning, it's like, okay, we're posting this, 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 and this. So get ready. So whatever we do, it's like, okay, we're going to do this, but then we have to post before we go do Something. something normal like yeah go oh get groceries. yeah it's like hey, we can't go for groceries until, until we post you... no these and it's not it's not an easy thing to manage or like necessarily fun but yeah i think you lose a little bit of that like heart to it if you're doing it just with a scheduler you don't get those final checks and mm-hmm. um just being having it on the phone at least as a reminder to to look at it and take mm-hmm. time into what you're posting and like you know review it look at it remember mm-hmm. it's for someone engage with those people when God it first forbid, goes up fucking spelling error <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. And then everyone sees it. Oh my God. I used to do social media for much music and MTV. Um, and it was like, I remember because they'd have like tune in times for all the shows and like actually putting much music on MTV or like doing the wrong mm. thing. And like everyone in the country can see it. And they're like, you're wrong. You stupid idiot. Yeah. It was like, I found it extremely mentally challenging. I would cry because I would be like, mm, and like their bosses and everyone. I find. Social media can be really, really stressful, especially if you're managing other people's accounts because it takes so much attention to detail. And I feel like sometimes people don't understand. They're like, oh, it's social media and TikTok, Instagram. It's like, Mm -hmm. do you try doing this for one day? Yeah. Yeah. And it's a human doing it. There's human error. The spell checks on those things suck. Yeah. It really does suck on TikTok. But your TikTok audience is a little bit more forgiving for spell checks and stuff. However, the client and their brand is probably not. (laughs) Uh, but no. yeah, I mean, we've of course posted. Thank God some you can stuff. edit all the captions and stuff. Not on TikTok. You can't edit a caption no, on TikTok. That's a delete whole Once video. TikTok, oh my God, uh, really? Yeah, it sucks. Hold the phone. I did not know that. Yeah, Nelson's <laughs> looking at me like, no, no fuck look. Up. <laughs> yeah, but whatever. You're really? fine. You can't go back and edit. A and caption. it sucks because you you might notice when your video like is hitting, oh and then God. you don't even want to take it down. 
So like, I'll just like write a comment be like, oops, silly me. Like, yeah, whatever I said. I got too excited. Yeah. Yeah. So with all of your followers growing, I guess you'd have more people hating. Um, I mean, like, how do you deal with haters? Yeah, I mean, it sucks for sure. Sometimes I think for me, though, it's like 99% love and yeah. 1% hate. So it's hate just, gonna it, hate. Is, it is what it is, right? Like, I do think you, especially being do you like, engage the 1%. Uh, no, but I read them sometimes. Um, I think in the early days I was like really reading cause I was so excited by it all. Whereas like now it's just like overwhelming. Um, especially if you have like a video going viral, like some of those have like a hundred thousand comments, right. Or whatever. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, you have people duetting you and calling you fat and like, you should go to the gym. Like, and I'm like, I am going to the gym. Like, look at my page. Like I literally yeah. post workout videos. Um, but I mean, it's just whatever. Yeah, it's, my it's mom would say, love like, over- water off a duck's back. Just mm-hmm. let it go. Yeah. It doesn't, um, we actually had our first kind of, like, hater comment on something for the podcast, and then I just ended up deleting and blocking the person, because I was like, there's no room for that type of, yeah, I do not yeah. need to engage with having that type of, like, energy here, and it's like... Yeah. Um, I followed them. <laughs> <laughs> it was you. <laughs> like, great hate. Nelson's bank account <laughs> testing yeah. me. Like, Such wow, creative hate. So yeah. <laughs> How did they know that? Um, but yeah, also your following is going to back you up. Like, that's the yeah. thing, right? Like, my audience is of, of people who respect and admire or relate to it's being like a plus size. So if someone comes at you for being plus size, you're going to have a lot of people hitting them. Um, but sometimes it's out of your control. So if someone duets you, it's on their page. Right. So all you can do is like report. I'm lucky to like know people at TikTok. So I've like shut people down sometimes. If you're putting out positive content, like even with my blog and stuff, I've always been like, you know, a sunshiny person. You know, my blog was always like, if you're having a bad day, you can go there and it'll make you feel happy. And I feel like that's a vibe that I lead with. And I found all of mm-hmm. your content is very positive. And I think... If you're not ruffling the feathers of people constantly, then your audience will grow based on the energy that you're putting out. Yeah. Yeah. There's a tough like balance between like, you know, everyone finds something. So you're always going to get those few comments. But for the most part, if you're not building a career or a platform that's based on either like responding to those comments or engaging it or even, you know, there's a little bit of, you know, we don't show our full selves to the world at some points, but those are the parts that you know, when you're putting out that good energy and those good, more positive ideas, you really get less people like engaging with because there's nothing to kind of like snowball it. There is accounts who are very successful and people who make their whole, you know, presence on the internet of like getting hate or like being aggravational and like, that's not where we sit. So we're very lucky to have the audience that we do and like the platforms we do um, be so well received and yeah, pretty lovely. You can make content that strikes a chord with a lot of people and you're just kind of asking for it in some cases. Mm um you're like this. but for us like we're just like super kind just like yeah. chilling making fits and whatever so uh, our comments are pretty chill it sucks when like our clients or like we film with someone who was like uncomfortable filming and then we post a video and there's like one comment and they see it like that sucks because we just like have empathy for the people we work with but uh it's pretty rare to be honest you might end up on the wrong side of tiktok every once in a while but I think it's evolved. <laughs> the wrong side of TikTok. Yeah. I like that. Like, we're also queer, right? So, yeah. like, there's that kind of stuff that, that comes up every once in a while. And I think for me, a lot of people assume I'm straight and then they'll randomly figure out I'm gay, like, down the road and then have an attachment to me already. And they get upset that I'm gay sometimes. But, I mean, deal with it. You're so weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, girls? Yeah. Really? Yeah. 
And girls are pretty bitchy sometimes. They can't be, so watch out for that. <laughs> yeah. For the first, like, six months, I just had a ton of girls, like, obsessed. Like, one wow. of them, marry me comments all the time. Like, it was so weird. It was wild. It was so weird, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was that's like, funny. the gays don't see my content. <laughs> my content is not showing up to these people. But Like, we need to pivot my audience. Yeah. Some other tag. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We got there. Yeah, we got there. <laughs> the couple's account helps. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. So what's the future for Cozen Creative? Mm, that's a good question. Um, well, we're not even like in one year yet. Um, we are thinking of 2023 and a lot of different products that we're going to offer. And I think right now we're working a lot with brands, but we want to work more with creators. So offering... Uh, a workshop membership uh, where we teach creators and brands at the same time on how to become better creators, um, offering like audits for channels, okay. one-on-one coaching. Uh, we have this like sheet full of sounds that are trending on Instagram and TikTok, which is super valuable for our team. So we want to like potentially sell that at like three bucks a month or five bucks, whatever it is. Uh, so offering those types of like digital products and memberships, um, because right now all we offer is like a high ticket item of like a retainer for six months, mm-hmm. uh, like a base rate. Uh, so we want to like bring uh, the prices down a bit for people that can't afford it. Okay. Yeah, that's a great idea. Because I'm sure to, to, to continue to be successful on your end, you're analyzing a lot of data anyways, mm-hmm. in terms of like just top sounds. And, and when you, you post so many videos, into you, a product. you get a lot of learnings, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, and I think that's cool. the big part right now is it's taking more of, you know, right now our business is based off of essentially like holding a company's hand and really doing it for them, supporting them through the journey and, you know, largely owning that process. Whereas I think we want to step back a little bit and have a little bit more, you know, automation where someone has the option of like, hey, I want to improve on this platform as a company or as a social media creator, and they can just kind of help themselves through that too with our tools. So I think that's a little bit of what we are really trying to, you know, aim at. I think we have really talented employees now who we want to leverage more to as a mm-hmm. as a personal creator and grow them as creators, just like um, we have. So a yeah. little bit more of using them, having them uh, do some audits or clients. So I think there's more branching out and bringing more people onto the team. So we're excited to keep growing the team in physical numbers and kind of what we're offering. So I, it's a really exciting year for us and what we have planned. And Again, more on the couple stuff too. So really just segmenting the business into more time on our phones, but it's the it's the dream right now. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just want to help more people, more businesses yeah. and more creators. And that's I love everything about that. And as soon as those things launch, you need to let us know. Yeah. So we'll make sure to put that out oh, so, in yeah. the world. Cause Absolutely. we're cast of creators is our podcast. We have a big creator audience. And I know yeah. with yeah. people, especially if they haven't ventured into the world of TikTok, there's a lot of things to explore there. Mm-hmm. People ask us all the time how to start, how to grow, like they're stuck, they're this, they don't know what to do. So like, we just want to answer those questions at yeah. scale because one-on-one is really hard. And even with like our clients, it's like, we can only have so many it's time like, consuming. per oh. person can only do X amount of clients. So like a hundred thousand people can join a workshop. Yeah. Like we can only work with like five clients and do their socials for them. Yeah. Uh, like one person for five clients kind of thing. So it's just a great way to scale. And that's how we see like the business. Sign me forward. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll hook you up. We'll hook I you up with like free access. With the questions. I'll yeah. We'll give questions. your audience like a sweet deal. We'll teach them all how to TikTok. <laughs> Sounds great. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I love it. 
we're happy to pay though. Yeah, yeah. okay. We got, we got to support. <laughs> you know, you gotta get awesome. people in. Like this phase one is getting people in and exciting, uh, excited about it. And absolutely, write a thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the thing is like we'll bring in people for free, but you have to write a testimonial. You have yeah, to share yeah. with two people. Like yeah, that's like stage one. I'm happy to join your class, uh, yeah. first class, and <laughs> yeah. you know, learn and launch. I mean, I have my own TikTok. I have like a couple hundred followers. I never even posted anything. <laughs> But I think I could do good there. You would do I just great. haven't done it. Sure. You would do great. I just haven't done it yet. I'm like, you'd be great. Though. I don't know what to That's do. That's the I hardest need to part. Take your course first, and then I'll then I'll do it. The hardest part is taking the first step. I know. It's, it's hold it's, my hand. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Join the wait list. You, yeah, yeah, exactly. You're never one on the wait list. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe that should be my 2023 goal. Is to take over oh, TikTok. You've got good stuff with your your latest though. Oh, Listing yeah. and you I, know. I lift. Now, okay, uh, yeah. every time Nelson's like this, he yeah. will pat me and be like, shit, you're like pretty strong. Yeah. <laughs> He's really surprised one day. Gave me a hug and yeah. he was like, whoa. Love yeah. That. You know, Pipes. Casey is becoming They're a underwear. lot more solid than, than I really expected when I first asked her on to be a co-host. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Nelson. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Yeah, awesome. that's right. So um, before we started the show or recording, I should say. Um, you were mentioning a podcast that you were doing mm -hmm. and it got pretty heavy. Yeah. Um, how do you balance sort of connecting with people in a real heavy tiptoeing into a downer way or emotional way, not mm -hmm. downer, but emotionally um, heavy way and keeping your channel uplifting and positive? Yeah. But you know that often sometimes the best connection is through shared um sorrow and so emotional how do you how do you manage that yeah and the podcast was interviewing queer people about their coming out stories and how they start business and there's just light at the end of the tunnel and that's what the whole podcast is about and the whole kind of theory behind talking about your coming out story is that there's a lot of crossover into being a business person right. being resilient being vulnerable like daring greatly to be yourself all of those skills and that scar tissue can be leveraged into business so that's why there's so many amazing queer people doing so many amazing things behind the scenes in front of the camera etc cetera, etc cetera. we shine because we've gone through the darkness and that's kind of like the whole purpose of the podcast but at the end of the day like telling your story inspires other people that are struggling in the closet there was a lot of like straight people listening that have never actually heard someone's coming out story and just had zero clue. So it creates stronger allyships, you know, for the podcast, for example, like it was downloaded in I think 60 countries or something. So like five of the countries is you're killed if you're gay yeah. and there's people listening there. So you just imagine somebody who can't be themselves listening to someone else tell their story and like relating to that level. So I just zoom out when it's kind of like taking a toll on me. Because it is heavy too, and it's resurfacing a lot of my pain through my coming mm -hmm. out, uh, which was, you know, solve the problem that's really close to you. And for me, coming out was extremely hard. Uh, and I love business, so I just tried to connect those dots and inspire people. But it was just super heavy, and yeah, uh, yeah. editing that and just reliving it, and then it oh, constantly yeah. kind of surfaced for me. Um, and I started it to have more confidence and to have a voice as a mm -hmm. queer person. Uh, so it served a purpose and it inspired a lot of people. And then, you know. On to the next business. Yeah, totally. I could, that one's just, uh, it's almost like 
the better it is, the more draining it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, yeah, it's like I'm not a trained therapist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, a friend of ours, a friend of ours does on her stories a segment where it's like, "Tell me a secret." Okay, yeah. She's got a really intimate relationship. Uh, with she her, does it with on the full audience. moon. She asks, mm. "You can tell her a secret," and she's had to like pause the whole thing sometimes because it's like. Yeah, I'm not a therapist. Yeah, like these secrets are t- like you have it's to like, check yourself. Yeah, like, you know these secrets are too heavy for me. Yeah, you have to. You know, you can be vulnerable, but sometimes you have to like. I'm closing this door. Yeah, to save myself. Yeah, you know? yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like, I mean, you get to know the person so deeply, even when you never knew them. Like some people were born in other countries that had a terrible experience or people had to do conversion therapy or people who were homeless because they got kicked out and their dad wanted to kill them because they found out they were queer. Like just those stories are so intense. Yeah. Yeah. So like I got enough out there and I feel like I told the trans story. I told the lesbian story. I told the queer story. Like I hit all these marks and like so many religions and so many different backgrounds and cultures that I was like, okay, I did the thing. uh, And I just like decided to move on into something that was uh, serving me next because I felt like I completed that circle. Uh, But there's a lot of learnings in that, right? Like even when you see my TikTok now, you don't see me learning photography at 14. You don't see the five failed YouTube channels. You don't see me editing and learning how to edit a podcast um, and like all the other things that I've done to get to that one thing that happened really quick. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the behind the curtain of like that success. It's like a was it? It takes 10 years to become an overnight success. Yeah. That's the mm-hmm. story, yeah. right? And this is like my it's 20th nice business. Long. Yeah. Wow, and wow. Like we're seeing success with it. So it's like, it doesn't come easy. You just got to keep doing it and yeah. figure out what works for you. For sure. Yeah. It's amazing. like that Ray Kroc movie. <laughs> <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. I don't know either. <laughs> There's a movie of the guy who found in McDonald's oh. and he um, sold uh mixers for like 25 years looking around mm. these appliances trying to huck appliances and then at the end of the day during that he built mcdonald's love know? it yeah yeah oh i've watched that it's yeah. on netflix yeah but it's a good movie actually it's the founder it's mm. called it's a good movie okay cool you'd like i think it's the founder i don't know i'll look it up we'll, we'll, we'll share it <laughs> sure we'll see we'll <laughs> yeah but uh I love it. been a pleasure to meet yeah. you guys and have you guys on the podcast. Yeah, so great. I'm sure that, we're, I mean, I'm excited at all the wisdom we're going to learn from you. I'd love to uh, I'm going to be the watching course. and listening to yeah. this whole yeah. episode back. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll do the one-on-one coaching if you need it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we'll definitely get you in on those memberships. So. Awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> so Thank you. the courses Thank already. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into this episode with Drake and Kyle. I know I definitely learned a few things. Visit CozenCreative.com. That's K-O-Z. E-N Creative to subscribe to their services or give your brand a boost. Check out more episodes of Cast of Creators on YouTube, your favorite podcast platform, or visit castofcreators.com. And subscribe.